I don't know why outside of the podcast I'm so funny like in my head I'm like yeah and then as soon as I sit down I'm like I know I'm hilarious (laughs) in real life okay but okay I wouldn't go that far This is the Red Rum and Red Wine Podcast. This is Sarah, one of your hosts. And this is Kristen, your other host. We're the twins from the elevator. Come play with us. Yeah. Oh, my (laughs) neck just popped. Ah! I'm paralyzed. What's up, guys? Sorry, did we creep you out? That was the whole point. I should really start wearing my posture brace during recordings. Dude, did you buy one off of Amazon? No, I joked about wanting one because I saw them on Groupon all the time. And so I joked about it to Savannah, and then she got me one for Christmas. (laughs) What a good-ass fucking friend. I know. It was, like, kind of a joke, but she knew I actually wanted it, so. Uh, My back could use a posture brace. I don't know, Christmas is coming in six months or so. Yeah. Anywho, this is the Red Rum and Red Wine podcast, the podcast where we talk about murder, mystery, and mishaps. These are your two mishaps right here. Hello, hello. I'm Kristen. And I'm Sarah. We're here to talk about fucking creepy ass shit. While drinking wine. Because I'm tired of crying from last episode or not last episode my last episode that i Mm. did personally i don't like crying okay um, neither well ah, see i don't mind crying because um i don't do it as often i guess i don't know how often people cry but sometimes i'll get emotional like it's not like i don't get emotional i'll get emotional and i'll want to cry but i get to the point where i get choked up and the tears are almost there but they don't happen so i just I'm just choked up and it hurts because I won't cry and then my throat just feels all choked up. And so it's just more painful. Yeah, dude. No, I cried like five times today, so can't (laughs) relate. Mercury retrograde is kicking my ass. I'm over it. Yeah. I was going to say, you okay there? I'm like, oh shit, did she drink too much wine? Are we going to have to re-record this? I think, God, my eye is still twitching. No, 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 I'm fine. I I was just going to say something, and I wanted to say Mercury retrograde, but I felt like I wanted to say Mirror Gatorade. (laughs) I I think I went into overdrive. (laughs) I literally saw this steam coming out of your head it was bad guys it was bad Uh well anyways i wish we could have recorded it (laughs) but hold up speaking of record stay tuned because if you think we are 
fucked up and just you wait because you are not going to be here for it. You probably may have already listened to it, but right after this episode, we will be recording our special <laughs> our special treat that we have uh, planned for you guys since Mercury retrograde fucked us right up the asshole. So our Drunk Mysteries in History Part 2 is coming out, uh, or it did come out this past Sunday, and I think that's all we got for today. Yeah. Kristen, what are you drinking? I'm drinking, ooh, it tastes like grape juice. I'm really impressed with it. Teleria Vineyards. It's a 2014 Cabernet Sauvignon. Mm. Delicioso, but the fucking cork plopped the corkscrew plopped it into the bottle fucking spewed all over me looked like i shot someone fun no sir it's wine it's how my month has been going yeah seriously anyways what are you drinking well i am drinking my cheap walmart wine oak leaf cabernet sauvignon so by this point y'all may uh have noticed that Kristen drinks way better wine than I do. No, dude, I think you can get this one at Bucky's. Bucky's. Yeah, that's what my mom said. That's like a exactly, gas station a galleria. Galleria. Oh. It's not like there's yeah, a they Bucky's have where I some live. expensive things. Anyways. Whatever. The aerate it tastes the same. Exactly. Love cheap wine. Sarah knows. She knows back in the day. Sarah we used knows. to steal half of her mom's case of Trader Joe's wine. Oh yeah. Cul-de-sac. Trader Joe's. Shout out. Sponsor me, please. Sponsor us and our whole entire 20s. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yes, this week I'm switching it up. I am done crying. I'm done reading about sad stuff. I want to read some spooky stuff. So that's what I did. Mm. Because this week, we're talking about Skinwalker Ranch. Just you saying it made me get a little bit of goose. A very much goose. The name of it is... It reminds me... I don't know if um, you read these as a child, but I was weird and I did... They're those like don't fall asleep or don't go to sleep. They're like the holographic books that you got as a child. And they had it was like a compilation of horror stories. And there was one specific horror story in it. I think it was in like the second book where it was about a scarecrow that lived on a farm and it was just like a creepy, a creepy scarecrow. (laughs) And the kid that was observing this scarecrow like saw it move. And then he was like, well, that's weird. But then one day, he saw the scarecrow draping some bloody skin on the fucking roof. And they were the farmers that, like, lived in that house. Sounds like Jeepers Creepers. that just stuck with... That stuck with me for the rest of my life. Like, that's the only story I really remember because it just shook me to the core. And that's what I think of when I think of Skinwalker. Mm. But it's actually... It has nothing to do with that. Oh, okay. Skinwalker isn't the scarecrow. Skinwalker Ranch is a 512-acre plot 
and it's located in northern Utah in a region in a region known as the Unita Basin. And I don't know why. What about Utah? Maybe it's the Mormons. Maybe it's the like flat or no, it's like mountainous. Maybe it's the land. It is a fucking hotbed for UFO activity. Mm. I think somewhere in the article saying like at least 10% of people in the state have experienced some kind of activity, which I guess in a paranormal sense is like kind of astounding. 10% is kind of a lot, but the plot was built in the late 1800s, early 1900s, and was originally inhabited by Native American tribes. Now, Skinwalker actually comes from a phenomena of Native American lore, or not really lore, this is something that they actually believe in, but what they believe in is that a demonic creature, or rather a harmful witch, has the ability to turn into the shape or actually wear the skin of an animal, typically like a wolf, and harms anyone that would come onto the land. Some of the customs do say that skinwalkers can be produced when a medicine man abuses evil ma- or magic for evil. Mm. Others suggest that a man, woman, or child can become one after they've performed a deep-seated taboo. This is similar to a Wendigo curse. We may tap into this later, but Wendigo is basically like another version of a werewolf. Oh, okay. And then one of the final like skinwalker theories in Native American culture is that they are actually tied to the creation lore. So skinwalkers were actually once divine beings, and in Navajo tale, Nagloshi uh, were agents for the holy people, and they were training the humans in the blessing way. So I guess like the proper way for you to be a human being, respect the land, respect each other. So after this, the Nagaloshi were supposed to abandon the mortal world and leave the humans, but some of them actually decided to stay behind. So the greed behind them staying behind actually corrupted the power that they had and turned them into these malicious semi-divine beings. Mm. Very interesting lore behind how a skinwalker can come to be. So that's that or that's, I guess, like the culture behind the term skinwalker, how it came to get to the specific ranch. So since the land was originally inhabited by Native Americans, there were two tribes specifically that inhabited that land. It was the Ute tribe and the Navajo tribe. And what was actually happening was that the Utes were actually selling off the Navajo people to the American military forces in the late 19th century when they were siding with them to try and basically clear the land. So in retaliation, the Navajo people released a skinwalker curse out onto the land and what little people were left in the tribe up and left oh my God. to try and basically save themselves. I'd like to know the, the uh, chant or spell that one to like cast it Mm -hmm. yeah i have no i didn't read really much into that but (laughs) yeah i for sure like a lot of fucked up history happened on this land so obviously there's if not a curse some bad juju for sure so as early as 1776 is like the earliest recording we have of some funky shit going on 
on this land, or at least nearby it. So, 1776, we have a Franciscan missionary, Silvestre Velez de Escalante, who wrote about strange... I know, I totally fudged (laughs) that. I probably said it wrong, but I'm just... I'm just bawling the names out at this point. I'm not mm-hmm. even going to apologize. Yeah, as long as you try. It's all that matters. Yeah. if you, This is 50 episodes in, and you're like, why is she saying them so wrong? Well, then reference this episode, because I'm over it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that name wrote about strange fireballs that would appear all over his campfire in El Rey. In 1911, you have newspapers and other reports of strange sightings in the basin, noises that people couldn't explain or were, like, too scared to go and find out what it was. In 1952, you have a Navy officer that appears near Tremonton that films actual footage of flying discs. I didn't know cameras. Well, okay, that's... I'm not that dumb. I knew... I'm just going to shut up. (laughs) Never mind. Was it in color? (laughs) But yeah, so you're starting to get recordings, freaky shits going on. But this story went national in 1973 when a laywoman, Pat Roach, actually went public with her account of an alien abduction experience. Mm -hmm. I don't want to go into too much detail about it, so if you want, go read it. It's definitely spooky for sure. So by 1979... Full-blown UFO sightings are happening. We're seeing saucers. We're seeing ketchup, mustard, (laughs) pickles. And on top of these UFO sightings around the Utah basin, people are actually experiencing, like, acute medical episodes if they are near these sightings. So we're talking about, like, people are getting nauseous. Their perception is getting off like they're having perception altering experiences they get vertigo temporary paralysis no thank you like no thank you i'm frozen i can't talk anymore sarah take it over no thank you but it's like the beginning of a horror movie is where we're starting everything is really fine and dandy it's that really light backdrop the sun is out and we have a family (sighs) Their names, the Sherman family, and they just purchased this land in 1994. Oh. And they are pumped. They have a teenage son. They have a 10-year-old daughter. The husband's name's Terry. Terry. Wife's name's Gwen. Gwen. Terry and Gwen. And they want a fresh start to their life. They, I mean, it's their dream. They have this huge piece of land they got it for a really good deal. Mm-hmm, Wonder why. Mm-hmm. And to them, this is their life. They raise cattle. This is what they do for a living. They live that agricultural life. Cool. So for them, they see this as a really good start for their family. Nice. It's so perfect. In fact, they just decide to overlook, you know, things like locks on the inside and outside of every door, including deadbolts. Of the house that they lived in? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Uh, that, that they were going to move into. Mm. And also the large pikes near the front and back, back <laughs> entrances <laughs> that made it look like massive guard dogs had been there. They had even oh. left, like, the chains <gasps> that the dogs had been tied up in. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. And then we got the mysterious crop circles. Oh, no. 
I mean, kind of mm-hmm. cool, mm-hmm. but <laughs> creepy. It's like, oh man, what's that movie? Six Sense. No. Yeah. No. Sign. The others. The others. Oh. No. Signs. Signs. Yeah. Signs. Signs. Yeah. Yes. It's like signs. It's like when you buy a ranch, that's like low key what you want to yeah. happen. You know? If you're like a if you're like us, you're like, ooh, yeah. I'm down. Mm-hmm. Hundred thousand off, sold. But yeah, like I don't know, I guess when they were <laughs> inspecting the land they saw the crop circles, but they were like, Yeah, sold. Down. In Terry's mind, he thought that I guess they they could have been like from removing a tree. So the circles were flattened grass and it was about eight feet across and 30 feet wide. 30 feet? I don't know. Okay. Math lesson from Kristen. Not math. What's uh, shapes? Trigonometry. Geometry. Geometry lesson with Kristen. We're so... Don't listen. I did okay in math. (laughs) Just click off right now. So it's a circle and it's eight feet across. So it's like eight foot circles. Eight foot diameter. Eight foot diameter circles. (laughs) Radius is half. I know something, okay? I just I just had to sprinkle that in there to let y'all know. Okay, okay. So you have eight feet diameter circles and it's three of them. And those three circles make a triagonal pattern. A triangle. I'm a triangle and I got three sides. Is that yeah? And those three sides are thirty feet across from each other. It's like a what's the It's not isosceles, equilateral triangle. And you failed. There's a triangle where all three sides are equal, and it's like that. Mm-hmm. No, I know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but what's the name of it? Oh, I don't remember. Exactly. I could try, but then I'm just going to stutter and make grunting noises. Email us if you know the answer. It's a bilateral. I'm bicurious. Kristen's bicurious. No. Apparently. <laughs> well, it is Pride Month, everybody. Guys, <laughs> I saw a photo of Megan Fox and it really made me wonder. Megan Fox, I think, makes everyone wonder. Especially, she was telling her boyfriend, what the fuck? Like, she was mad at him. And I was like, whoa, why am I turned on right now? I love that he Anyways. wears her blood around his neck. I mean, I... I did wish that I had a boyfriend that did that in high school, but... I keep telling Blake, like, please, <laughs> where my blood around your neck. Now that I'm grown up, I'm like, mm. oh, okay, Eddie. It does seem kind of like a psycho 15, 16-year-old boyfriend-girlfriend relationship thing, but it also seems super, like, diehard romantic. I guess. I also know a serial killer couple that did that so oh cute i'm sorry are you still wondering what's happening with the crops (laughs) i'm sorry (laughs) are you still wondering what's happening with the story so yes there are three circles eight feet diameter 30 feet in between each of those i'm so sorry for our european listeners i did not convert that just imagine it though there were also strange oil impressions that were found in the land as well so it was circles three feet wide and about a foot or two deep. Ooh. 
and I guess, yeah, it had like a strange substance in there that people didn't really know what it was. So I'm like, a UFO landing? Is that... Yeah. Sketch. Sounds sketch. And how many... Do do you know how many of the three-foot circles there were for the substances or whatever? I think it was just three of them. Okay. I imagined three. I don't know why I imagined three. Because the other ones were three? I think it's separate like i don't i i know they're separate circles this is but the, i'm wondering like how this many... is the red rum and red wine podcast i did not go into detail i just wrote down what the article wrote i'm sorry i was just curious because i was just wondering go to our like, sources <laughs> to get an idea of like the shape of the aircraft it could have been or something you know like how many from what how yeah from how they describe it i think it's definitely like uh think a tic tac just as this sh- like an oval a or a circle like a tic-tac shape okay <laughs> yeah like... there's a tic-tac flight if anyone is curious there's actually a, a tic-tac shaped aircraft if you look up tic-tac you can find the video but okay it's it's typically like those are what the shapes it's some kind of circle um i know the shermans do experience some kind of like box shaped but it's more times than not oval circle okay so, Sorry just think of like three on a circle. Way off. I think we're we've been way off, but it's cool. But it takes less than a day for these red flags to prove that they were solid fucking red fra- flags. Less than a day. Less than a day. The day that they go to move into their new property, the husband Terry is out with some family members that they had gotten over to help move some stuff when he like looks out in the distance and notices that there's a wolf walking around just kind of like casually and he's like okay well i mean like terry sherman has been a ranch boy he has seen wolves he's like he knows the threat that comes with having cattle and ranching and all that stuff i don't know but he knows yeah and so he's just kind of like it's not a, it's walking lazily slithering like a little sneaky snake but he's not being sneaky he's just being chill so he doesn't really think anything of it in fact when he's looking at this he kind of notices that's not acting in a way that he normally sees a wolf act it's acting very chill almost kind of like loopy mm. it's going back and forth but the thing is huge. Absolutely yeah. huge. Yeah. Over six feet. So he has these like posts off in the distance and the wolf will take up like full post to post. Oh, wow. And that's roughly six feet. So things huge. Also, this thing needed a fucking bath. It reeked. It smelled really like death. They described it had a really weird stench. They hadn't ever smelled it before. But what the fuck? How close were they? So it it started pretty far off. They were just going along with their moving day. Mm-hmm. Hadn't noticed anything off in the distance. And then at some point, the wolf snuck up on them and it was like kind of far off. But then it starts to get closer. And it gets so close to the point where Terry's father can actually reach out and touch it. And in fact, he does. He oh. starts petting the wolf and just giving a little scratch behind the ear and like, oh, you're a little good boy. You're so cute. 
and it kind of gives like a little lopsided grin it's like yeah i know i'm a good boy and it's like look at me go look at my little butt and it it walks its little butt right over to the little cattle pen where all the cows and calves are and a little calf sticks its head out and it's like hey wolf calf Calf, like a little baby cow not my skinny av calf a cow calf and it looks up and it's like wow damn that's a hairy ass cow and then the wolf opens its jaws and takes the entire calf's head (gasps) into its mouth and bites down in an instant sudden mood change the shermans freak out obviously and in a desperate attempt to try and save this calf they start to attack it they have guns on them obviously they're on a ranch they start to shoot the wolf at some point not because this wolf has been shot but because it seems to kind of like get bored with the situation it decides to let go of the calf and turn around and kind of like jaunts off Mm. casually and while the wolf was walking out terry obviously was shooting at it so in all it was able to withstand some like six shots from a 0.357 and a couple from like a 0.30-60 rifle i don't know guns i think Mm. it's 30i6 rifle that's how they were saying it on the show that i watched which i'll mention later on wolf was able to take it no problem did not seem to be harmed by it wow Obviously, they didn't find a corpse, so it survived the event. So, oh my God. It had so much fur and muscle, probably, to where... Yeah. It just took it. It was a big yeah. boy. Big boy. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously, they got kind of, like, creeped out by it. They tried to follow the paw, uh, the paw prints to see if they can pick out a trail, see if they can follow the wolf to try and kill it, because, obviously, it's killing their livestock and that's how they make their money so it needs it's a problem that needs to get yeah but they say that the paw prints kind of seem to suddenly vanish when they do manage to find a ballad track to follow so stunned and confused they're kind of like we don't know what to do this wolf seems to attack our calf walk away and vanish so they just go back to the house and try to forget about it It's a strange incident, but it's a brand new house. They want to enjoy it. They're not, they're looking for every excuse to love this house. So obviously it's just like, it's whatever. They'll deal with it. If it, if it happens to come back, they don't even know. Mm -hmm. But things only continue to get stranger from there. Uh. Terry's wife, Gwen, actually starts to experience my literal worst fear in life. Oh, God. So she'll come home from the grocery store. She'll come in, unpack all the bags, be a good housewife. Well, she has a job. She's not a housewife. I'm so sorry. That was unfeminist of me. She (laughs) goes in. She unpacks the grocery bags because she's a good wife and she does extra shit on top of her job. Yeah. When she goes into the other room to go to the bathroom or do whatever, she'll return back to the kitchen. The food will be placed back into the grocery bags. What the fuck? fuck no i'm like okay do you guys see this no okay take me to the hospital that okay (sighs) my worst fear is having 
me not being it with reality like in with what's going on losing my mind Uh literal like dementia that (laughs) what i tell you i can't yeah Mm -hmm. fuck i'm already getting onset symptoms so sad and you know i have family members who have uh, suffered from alzheimer's and dementia same it's just it's hard it's sad and terrifying as sad as and terrifying as it is you have all you can do is love them and so yeah and then but one i mean day, as i'm gonna be like that i, I know it probably yeah the amount of weed i smoke i wouldn't doubt it mm-hmm. but terry terry's wife gwen isn't at that point yet she's not at least she's like am i getting on early stages of like onset dementia i don't even know she's freaking out she's like did i really i thought i just spent 30 minutes unpacking all these groceries how are they back in this bag freaked out and it just only gets weirder from there it's like what the fuck (laughs) other things like actual objects just start completely vanishing it's not just grocery bags now it's objects so terry begins digging holes in the property and i'm gonna get into it later but supposedly digging holes is like a big no-no and he's doing it for fence posts and in order to do this you have to use this huge twisty turby thing (laughs) they say it's at least like 70 pounds and it basically like churns the dirt and makes the hole yeah whatever (laughs) bro whatever feminism i don't know shit about tools so yeah it's like a 70 pound 32 kilogram little drill into the ground so he's using that to dig up fence posts and he turns around to get some lemonade comes back out drill is fucking gone and he's like i know i didn't move it it's Mm -hmm. 70 pounds I would have remembered moving this thing. It's not... Hmm? So he goes back into the house and he's like, Hey, did y'all move this thing? Glenn, I don't know if you can lift 70 pounds, but did you pick that up and bring it inside? And she's like, Bitch, I can't lift 70 pounds. What the Mm -mm. fuck do you think? I don't know. And so a couple of days go by and he's like, Well, I don't know. Maybe it, like, accidentally fell into a hole or maybe... Maybe it blew away. Maybe the wind was really strong that day and, like, the grass is really tall and I just couldn't find it. But then a week later, he catches a glimpse of something in a tree. (laughs) And what's in a tree? Over, like, 20 feet in the air? Ew. His fucking twisty turby. (laughs) His fucking hole digger. Oh, I'm sorry, it wasn't 20 feet. It was 70 feet. Ew, 21 meters. There's no way. That's a lot of feet, dude. That's a tall tree. If that's... If that's... Yeah. Can I get a photo of that tree? No, that's like seven... Are they in the Redwood Forest? They're in the Unitaw Basin. I'll post Uh, a photo of the land. So it's, it's definitely... It's they not probably wooded, but it, trees. <laughs> it has it has trees for sure. I definitely say it at certain points that there's like woods. And when I say woods, I'm like 
Dude, we probably sound ignorant as fuck right now. Like that area probably, probably but has I don't. Big I'm a, ass trees. I'm about to sound more ignorant because the amount of like tree brush that I see it reminds me of that one episode of Bob's Burgers when they uh, go, I think, to like the grandparents' retirement home, and the kids go look for a chihuahua that got lost in like the forest at the retirement home and it's literally (laughs) just like a little medium that has some trees in it and you walk two feet and it's like the other edge that's kind of how I imagine this ranch is like it has some trees but no one no one would have been able humanly been able to put that tree up in there so it's creepy they're getting weirded out but then the lights and the flickering start happening outside outside Mm -hmm. and these aren't just normal weird lights flickering outside they're creepy ones how it started off was that terry had noticed these lights at the very end of his property and to him it looked like headlights and at first he thought oh okay maybe someone took a wrong turn on the edge of my street but probably not because The ranch is fairly isolated, and it's at least, like, three miles from the main road. So it's, like, kind of Mm. a far wrong turn. Yeah. And, yeah, he's trying to, like, find a normal explanation for it. He just brushes it off. But then it keeps happening. And so at this point, he's like, are people poaching on my territory? Are they... What's going on? So now he's kind of starting to get pissed off. And once he sees the lights another time, he decides, okay, fuck this. I'm going to confront them. They're on my land. It's my property. They're disrupting me and my family. Fuck them. I'm going to go see what's going on. Oh, yeah. As soon as he goes to see what's up, he notices a really strange thing. And that's that there is no sound whatsoever. There's no engine running there's no sound of the wind it's just complete silence eerie silence so he sees a clear opening and then as he starts to get closer he notices that the light slowly starts to retreat and then even shoots up into the air and disappears completely we're not even done it gets worse because that light starts to follow Gwen home. What the She fuck? had an experience where she was driving her car home from work from the bank and lights followed her home the entire way. I want what she's on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm just kidding. I want all of that marijuana. <laughs> well, um, but that is You crazy. hear some of the shit and you're like, I don't know. It so like it, they were in the gets, sky following her as she was driving kind of thing or they were like yeah. tailing her and it and it's a phenomena that even happens later on mm. which i mean we'll get into but it's just if you didn't hear our interview with a tilted world we did one and in it i said aliens could be real like i could see it happening mm-hmm. am i like 100 percent? no i'm like fairly skeptic about it but I logically can see it happening because the world is so fucking big. Yeah. Or not the world, the, just like the universe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Within the universe. So it's... 
within the Milky Way. (laughs) So I can see aliens happening. But when you start to talk to me about aliens, I'm like, you're a crock of shit. Did you see that all of the reports on UFOs from what the government or something are being released? Oh, the government totally admitted. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was today or yesterday. They've already had... Well, Russia admitted, like, hey, that wasn't ours. It's like... No, not just admitting it. Like, they're releasing the documents on them, on all the sightings and reportings and and stuff. And we just ignore it. So, obviously, the light's an object, but they're seeing, like, actual space crafts. They describe what's a small box-like craft showing up with a white light, and also they describe a craft as big as 40 feet long and then as big as several football fields so they're seeing all different types of aircrafts that they cannot explain on their land and on top of this they even saw one craft that was emitting a red ray or like a light beam as it flew across the air which keep that in mind because it gets fucking freaky later with that one Mm. The paranoia and the weird thoughts only start to become more real when cattle start banishing on the farm. What? So one night, Terry is out counting cows. He's trying to go to sleep. And he notices that one's missing. And obvi- it's, it's a large piece of land, okay? It's 512 acres. But cows, I guess, like naturally are creatures of habit. So they'll stay in one area. They don't really tend to stray so he thinks it's a little weird. He starts... And they travel in groups, right? Yeah, yeah. They're always in groups, pretty much, I think. They say it's really weird for them to, like, break out of their routine. So he starts looking for it. He comes the entire land. And the last piece that he has is next to where he saw that wolf make an appearance on the very first day that they had arrived. Mm. So he enters the woods and he finds hoof prints of the cattle leading along to a random spot and they're suddenly fucking gone. It's like the cow was plopped out from thin air. That shit's crazy. No body, no nothing, just fucking vanished. And it would happen four more times. But they would vanish for like weeks, but then they would show up. Mutilated. Mm-hmm. If they even showed up at all. Okay. Some of them didn't even. Obviously, trigger warning, I'm going to go a little bit into detail about the animal mutilation, so skip over a minute or two if you do not want to hear about that. But finding the cattle dead in the field really did freak them out because they're, they did find a peculiar hole in the center of its left eyeball. And the fact that no blood had been found around the scene... And no blood had been found in the body of the cow. What? Ew. You heard that right. Oh my god, what do they want their blood for? Because they want that vile cow's blood to wear around their neck, girl. (laughs) And I really wish that they wouldn't do that, but at the same time, I'm going to still eat a burger. So. So. And on top of that, they had like that same chemical order. Uh, odor so, <laughs> so i don't know what i was trying to say there they had the same chemical odor that they had been smelling like with the wolf and like uh, other strain when strange shit went down they smelled uh, that smell and they smelled that smell right then so it was fucking weird 
and only more cows would pop up like this. So it would always be like the hole in the left eye. They found one, it had a six inch hole, about an inch deep. It also had a carved out rectum, which is a very alien mutilations are very known for the mutilated udders and the carved out rectum. That's like Mm. very specific signs. It's weird, but... I feel like I can't, like, I'm choking, kind of. It's so gross. It's bad, yeah. It... Mm. So the last three cows that were found on the Shermans were found dead in January near a clump of trees at the edge of a field. Now, this one made it the strangest case of all, because what had happened was, was that Terry's son had just seen all three of these moo moo cows alive oh, and well no more than five minutes earlier oh my god ew sorry i keep saying ew just because of the like creepy vibes it's gross each cow had a six inch wide 18 what inch deep hole cored out of its rectum extending into the body cavity. There was no blood on the cow, and it was also snowing at the time because it was early January. No blood around the snow. And from how, when they looked at the scene, they said it had to have been done with surgical-like precision. So there's no way that someone would have just been able to, like, flop a cow and take the time to do all of this surgery and do all of these terrible things to this cow in a five-minute span and leave no evidence. Yeah. Full body fucking chills. What the fuck? They also described how there was, like, a circle of twigs around the cow or the cows and that the top of the trees surrounding the cows were completely severed. Uh Like, something really big had came and broke it off. Now... This particular area of Utah had not been susceptible. Was not susceptible. What am I trying to say? There were not. Susceptible. They were not susceptible to cow mutilations. Is that a word? Did I say that right? Yes. They were susceptible to cow mutilations. I didn't type it right. They were very susceptible. They had it so often that they just like stopped calling the police because it happened so much and they were just like well sorry someone mutilated your cow but there's really nothing we can do about it right but i mean i yeah i guess like what could they do but at the same time it's it's fucked like cows are people too but i'm gonna still eat them it's all getting fucked so Yeah, in total, the Shermans experienced a 25% loss in the cattle Mm -hmm. population. If this were to be some kind of, like, publicity stunt, devil advocate, I mean, that's a really big chunk for them to take out willingly. Just saying. So, by the end of winter, obviously, the family's on edge. Everyone's getting real paranoid. And Terry just has this, like, overwhelming feeling that it's obviously not going to stop and obviously it doesn't one of the nights terry's out on his land 
keeping watch because he's so terrified and wants to try and protect his family when he notices a large mass out by the tree line of his property. Seeing the mask, he decides to go into the tree line. He's not having anything to do with mm-hmm. this. He wants to know what the fuck is going on. He wants to know it right now. He goes in. He tries to see what's going on. Get a, a better look at this like flying mass, this creepy little object floating around when suddenly he takes mm-hmm. a step and snaps on a twig and then all of a sudden the lights go dead and that mass just like <laughs> turns like <gasps> and looks right at him dead <gasps> inside what is this thing gonna do i'm scared i don't know what's going on i'm telling this story but it just as fast as this mm. fear enters his body, oh, the thing good. just like up and vanishes, and Jesus he's alone. Cray. It's cray, yeah. but then it only starts to intensify. I thought that was kind of cool. You thought that was bad, Sarah, because he saw mm. the mess and he didn't. He didn't get abducted, so he kind of like survived it. And it was cool, but what happens? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You know what's real. You want you want to know what's real. Cool. I'll tell you. I'll tell you. Hmm. The Shermans started experiencing entities oh. that started walking around their property. These black body masses that not only walked around their property and didn't have a face, they would take their faceless little butts up to the window, grab their hands, and they would peer right in and start gently rapping on the glass and they would start communicating in this language that right. no one in the house could understand but everyone heard and it was the same kind of like voices that the family mm. would sometimes get in their head when they were like around the farms and it would just Gosh, like randomly pop in their head which it mm. was alien language yeah. Well, I don't know if it, if, I mean, you know, I don't know the proper term, but. If it were ghosts, I don't know if it could have been a, like, Native American language. Oh, this is not ghosts. This is not ghosts. No, no. All right, let me put my seatbelt back on. I'm sorry. Just, just you wait. No. <laughs> put it back on. The little ding, ding, ding's going off. So, <laughs> The entities walking around the house would happen so often that the family actually, like, barely slept anymore. They were so terrified of what was going on around the house. Uh, The kids started doing terrible in school. Mm. Gwen, the wife, lost her job that she had at the bank. So they're really keeping to this act, if it is an act. And if not, it's fucking terrifying. Because at this point, Terry's sitting out on the ranch, pointing with his rifle, waiting for someone to come. Does someone come? Not only does someone come, but there's an orange orb. And so when Terry is sitting out there with his rifle, he has a rifle with a scope on. So he takes that rifle with that scope and he points it at this orb because he's like, you know, I'm tired of this light show. I'm tired of this stupid Mm -hmm. shit. Whatever this is, I'm going to figure it out. So he points his scope and he zooms it in. (laughs) It sounds silly, but what he describes is a portal. He says that the night is pitch black and he sees this orange orb 
And inside of the orb, he sees really light blue, Mm -hmm. daytime light blue skies on the other side. Clearly a hole. And what comes out of this hole? Uh. Fucking Samara from the ring. Crab legging it out. So he sees two random black figured creatures crawling out of the hole and then Mm -hmm. scurrying off into the tree lines. And so now he knows where these creatures are coming from. It's this fucking orb in the middle of the fucking sky that's coming from another dimension. Probably. We were wrong about orbs this whole time. This whole... It's not ghosts. It's not ghosts. It's fucking aliens. And that terrifies me. But there are orbs. Mm -hmm. It's not just portal orbs. It's orb orbs. (laughs) And they they say that the orb orbs, the light blue orbs are actually the most terrifying thing that they experienced on that ranch. I really don't understand how you can get more terrifying than the ring in real life, but apparently this is it. Because when this orb would get near you, it would actually cause you to feel this immense sense of panic and anxiety and dread. It would, like, fuck with your emotions. And I guess that's why it was the worst. Because you didn't have control of whatever you were feeling. It literally controlled everything for you. Uh. Insane. It had caused so much anxiety that there was actually a night when Terry had saw the blue orb and kind of freaked out a little bit and wanted this thing nowhere near his house. So he had set his dogs loose in a desperate bid to get these things away. And it seemed to work. The orb seemed to be scared of the dogs and would actually, like, disappear off into the tree line. But the dogs did follow. (gasps) But shortly after, the yelps of the dogs could be heard. And too terrified to go after them, Terry just decided to go into the house, lock all the doors, and try to find a way to make it to the morning. On fire, probably. Because the next morning, the dogs still hadn't shown up. Terry, along with the son, went out to the ranch to find him. And in a clearing in the woods where they had last heard the dogs, what what they found were three piles of burnt ash. And at first, what they thought was maybe someone had set a fire, burned something. They had three dogs. But it would later turn out that those were actually the remains of the dogs. Three Three dogs that he had sent out to go chase after those orbs. Lots of wine being drank right now. After only 18 months on that ranch, they decided to nope it the fuck out of there. They packed their shit and they decided to leave. (laughs) Ah. But we're not done. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) So they... They decided to sell it. And at this point, the family had actually gone to a local newspaper with their story, which is where I got some of this information from. But I mean, good publicity, good reason. Because this guy, Robert Bigelow, just so happened to be reading the newspaper and ran across this article. And he is a Las Vegas real estate billionaire who just so happens. <sighs> to be a major ufo enthusiast super smart dude has a lot of friends and places in the government he ends up founding bigelow aerospace later on so yeah he's he's not some like 
random crazy guy who's going off me like UFOs. He's actually someone who like a lot of people know. He knows a right. lot of people in the government and he's got some credible questions. So he purchases the ranch for $200,000 from the Shermans and decides to set up the National Institute for Discovery Science. And what he does is he hires round the clock surveillance and he hires mm-hmm. doctors, scientists, every smart person that you can think of every Mm -hmm. smart person who is a skeptic who does not think that this shit is real that you can think of to work on this ranch cool i'm basically um figure out what the fuck is going on most of the documentary on hulu i know i like i was watching it during taking a nap and i fell asleep for a couple episodes or something but Mm. i watched Mm -hmm. most of it the owner this isn't the same guy okay but i do talk i was gonna say i mean I don't know much about that guy anyways. I was going to say, I didn't know he was a billionaire in Las Vegas. I talk about him later. Okay. Okay. Also, same. they're very similar, but different. This guy's a little older. But yeah, he's a super credible dude. He just really, really likes the paranormal side of things, which there is a interview that he does uh, with one guy and he talks about like, government conspiracies and a ufo video it was the tic tac video and he also talks about skinwalker ranch but a thing that i thought was really cute it's sad but his wife they were married for 55 years she had just recently passed away but when she passed away he robert bigelow had started talking about how he started experiencing him and his dog started experiencing things in the house that made him think that it was his wife giving them signs you know yeah so he's really cool dude very super smart he is biased he does like the supernatural he does have a stake in which he does believe in it uh but he really does his best to hire people that don't to prove his theory and he even gets terry and gwen to come back i don't know how you couldn't get me to go back on that ranch after that but Um, they end up they got a nice salary fuck they had to but yeah he uh offered them a title of like ranch hand they said like hey we know the land it was also a sense of like they wanted to know what was going on they were like it, was there something buried in the land yeah. is there something going on like they Closure were also curious too mm-hmm. yeah attempt. so so the first thing they do when they get to the land is test it they test the water they test the air they test the plants they test the psychology of the people that were living the family the shermans living before they're trying to see were there spores in the air that were causing them to hallucinate? Is there toxins in the water causing this? Mm-hmm. Were they just fucking psychotic liars yeah. and wanted Any to make a story? Yeah. And so they do this all in the first year. And while that's happening, really nothing happens on the ranch. And mm-hmm. so everyone's kind of like, what the fuck is going on? You mm-hmm. said the first day that you moved here you saw a fucking wolf and shit was going on and we've been here for a year and really nothing has happened but by march of 1997 they started getting some hits and i mean they had cameras all over but it's kind of hard to say so terry and gwen are the ones that experienced this if there's actual 
physical evidence or if it's just them saying it. I don't know. I do think it's curious, though, that they mm-hmm. were the first ones to experience a significant event. But right. one day they were out on the farm tagging calves when they noticed one of their dogs kind of going crazy. He's barking mad. They look and see that he's actually freaking out in a corner where they had actually been tagging uh, some cows around like 40 minutes ago. And one of the cows that they had just been near was kind of rocking back and forth. Kind of seemed like shocked and in a daze. Mm-hmm. So they went up to I'm her. Lethargic. Yeah. They were a little shocked. Or they were just like a little curious. So they were like, what's going on? When they get up to it, they notice that her calf is right by it. All of its organs are removed. And the only thing left is its head, legs, and rib cage. <gasps> I will not post the photo of this. Uh, Ooh, but can you send but, it to me? Yeah, there is one <laughs> on the internet, and I'll send it to you. Okay. But yeah, the ear that they had just ripped off had been tagged 45 minutes ago. Wow. Prior to that happening. And they say it was a razor or like a laser Razor or laser. They don't know. It was a clean cut. Mm. Same thing. No blood around the calf. Middle of the field. Shit's crazy. Now, it hasn't been proven, but on that TV show that I'm going to talk about later, The Secrets of Skinwalker Ranch, they do talk about how there were actually experiments where they would put calves in actual cages on the farm with surveillance all around to record the mutilation in progress but whatever was found on that farm has been completely sealed off so on march 12th they were walking around the camp on the lookout for whatever had just mutilated this calf when terry sees an orb and then sees a creature off in the distance so kind of like correlates yeah Uh, like the shadow creature that you were talking about before or like a wolf yeah like the like a wolf Mm. okay okay so wasting no time terry takes out his gun starts shooting they grab the dogs start going after this as soon as they hit the tree line they see that skinwalker full furry ass person right in front of them oh my god but they weren't able to capture it it just as soon as it was in front of them it just bleep, bleep, right into the tree line and all they were left were these two huge footprints and it was <gasps> these footprints were 20 feet apart like, <gasps> Here's one foot. Here's the other foot. Ew, 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 feet ew. apart. Each oh were 14 inches long with huge Okay, all right. Okay, arms. my feet are that big, too. It's fine. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> but the 20 feet, that seems ridiculous. Yeah, long legs, baby. I'm like, did I type that out right? I don't know, but that's what I typed. Maybe. <laughs> it has to be true. Maybe double check my sources. I don't know. That seems really exaggerated, but that's what it said, so that's what I put down. She's a tree. She's a fucking <laughs> thick ass tree. So everything calms down until April. 
April Fool's Day when a cow <laughs> decides to play a trick and vanishes into thin air. Now, I don't know why Terry would do this, but he had four prized Angus bulls worth like $12,000. Mm. Maybe fourteen. I don't know. I don't own bulls. But it was worth a lot of money. Right. And calves are being mutilated on Skinwalker Ranch. He thought that my cows are being mutilated on this ranch, so I'm going to bring my prized bulls onto this ranch out of convenience because I don't feel like going back to my ranch that I bought after I sold this ranch. Does that make sense? Yeah. When he's working as, like, a ranch hand. Right. He doesn't own the ranch anymore, right. but he works on it. So he was like, oh, I guess it's... I, I work here all the time. It's easier for me to have them here. But Right. I guess I could see that, but also not cows a great idea. Cows are getting idea. mutilated. Yeah. Maybe he's like, they're bulls. They can take them. Probably I not. guess. Well, so they're... Gwen and Terry are heading to the east side of the ranch. Or they're at the east side. They're heading over to the west. And they have to pass, like, their little home, the homestead, which later on they explain how the homestead, like, where the houses are, happen to be the biggest paranormal hotspots where all the shit goes down. So they're passing the homestead. Yeah. And the bullpen is right next to that homestead. So they see the bulls. They go, oh, hi, bulls. Bye, bulls. (laughs) And then they go fix a fence and they go tag some cows. And they say that this couldn't have taken more than an hour. And then after the hour, they decide, all right, we're done. We're going to head back. Well, when they head back, the bulls are gone. (gasps) And Terry's like, what the fuck? This is $12,000 with a bull. Where the fuck are they? And so he starts looking around. He's frantic. He's looking for any sign of them. I mean, like, all the pens are locked. It doesn't... (gasps) look like anyone could have gotten them out like these are naturally really aggressive creatures it would have taken them hours to right. move one let alone four of them right. so he's Aliens, looking around they're like it sounds like they're being kind of like funny like they're trying to fuck they're with being, them you know yeah, like assholes they could you know do it in the middle of the night when they're all sleeping no one would notice until they wake up and see shit mutilated but in until the middle they're of the just day, fucking when they're just pa- like door. when they're right there you're gonna well i think maybe they're just trying to say hi it's like a really fucked up way of saying hi but they're just being like hey i'm here all right well i think they're intelligent to recognize come play with us Come play with us, but not in mutilation. Not like that. <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah. It's so it's weird. They're mm, so mm. he's desperate. He's trying to look for them. He ends up stepping on a feeding trough and looking into a little room that he has out of desperation. It's like a little caged up pin, and lo and behold, he sees these four bulls standing side by side, completely <gasps> calm. And crammed, literally side by side, into this tiny little space. And he's fucking shocked. He's like, what the hell? He was not expecting to see one, let alone all four of them in there. And flabbergasted, he's like, oh my god, Gwen, what the fuck? Come check this out. As soon as he opens his mouth, mm mm-mm. Bulls are like, what? What? Start flipping shit. (gasps) Because bulls 
do not typically go in that environment calmly. It's like uh-huh. behavioralist for that type of bull. It's like for bulls, that doesn't happen. You can't get them to do that. It's right. just, I guess it's really weird. They end up kicking the back door out. They get so wild and they end up running free. And it takes them two hours. It takes two people two hours to get all four of them back into one pen. Not into a tiny little crammed room. One pen where they have a lot of gracious space. It takes two people two hours. Damn. And in one hour they were put in there. So it's it's suspicious. They immediately tell the scientists on the farm and they go over and they start to inspect what the heck happened. And what they find is fucked up. (laughs) So the only entrance to this trailer. So, okay, I said room. They were found in a trailer. Sorry, I couldn't find it in my notes. The room slash trailer that they were in was wired shut. Oh. On top of that, there were cobwebs across the door frame so like this door wasn't opened and there was no way the bull kicked the back oh, they out were transported oh my god yeah there's there's no way for them to have gotten in there holy shit mm-hmm. and they also noticed that the bar on the corral so like where the bullpen had been had been highly magnetized Whoa. randomly yeah, it went from just being a normal corral to a magnetized one. And that over time, the f- magnetization would dissipate. What the so, like, fuck? the effects of it would yeah. wear off. Okay. And they couldn't explain how that happened. They had no reasoning behind it. Yeah, because how the fuck? I don't know, <laughs> but I'm not an educated person. So, I mean, maybe a scientist would have a better guess than me. You have two researchers, Colm Keller and Eric Davis, bless their little souls. They were on one of their stakeouts where they actually encounter the black ship in the woods. So Eric had night vision goggles and Colm only had his eyes. And so Eric was looking out with his goggles when he sees the black mass out in the woods. And he tells his partner, Colm, he's like, oh my God, I see this. Come check this out. Start taking photos. Colm starts taking his photographs when all of a sudden Eric grabs Colm's arm and says, it's got me. And it says, Mm. we're watching you. Mm -mm. And all of a sudden this object finally moves away. And Eric kind of seems to come out of it, but is clearly left traumatized. And it said, like, it felt like this thing had taken over his mind. Ugh. No. Mm-mm. I'm okay. No. Burn that land. Put a big cement block over that land, like, three miles high. So another stakeout that happened. <laughs> they were out taking photographs. In an attempt to try and catch the strange lights that were going on. When at exactly 3.30 in the morning, at the very top of the ridge, which was named Skinwalker Ridge because there was a lot of activity that went on in that area. Looking down towards the middle of Homestead, the guy holding an infrared goggles, his name is Mike, he noticed a light 
And so when he told his partner, Jim, he was like, hey, do you see that light? Jim goes, no. It, I mean, I kind of see it. It's like a dull glow. I wouldn't really call it a light. But Mike's looking at his goggles and he's like, no, dude, this thing's a freaking light. She's a glowing. And while it's a glowing, it starts morphing into a freaking portal. Okay. That's what Mike says. I'm like, all right, I'd be kind of down to witness some of that shit. See it to believe it. And this is supposedly coming out from a guy who has like a PhD. I don't know. He got smart people to go on. I don't know. So out of this portal comes Samara, the fucking black creature of the abyss, here to ruin my life. They say they run past the ridge right where they are at an unhuman-like speed. 30 feet from where they are sitting, they hear the whoosh of this thing running by it. And then it vanishes into the darkness. And they are left in nothing but that. Still silence. And that gross fucking musky odor that they describe it. Every fucking incident. So there are kind of like a little bit more instances of events like this happening. Um, But really after 1998, they see a real rapid decline in anything freaky-eaky happening. And it actually gets to the point where Robert Bigelow just completely abandons the project. He ends up opening Bigelow Aerospace. There is a new program that just recently came out in 2012 called the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program, which is basically a program, I guess, meant for, like, fighting UFOs. That is the real dumb person version of what I got, but it's just... Sounds about right. Yeah, you're just... You're looking up some creepy shit. So, yeah. He's really abandoned with that. He has bigger and better things to get on to, so he ends up selling Skinwalker Ranch for a whopping 4.5 million buckaroonies. Oh, shit! That's one fucking return, baby! I'm like, dude, Shermans, you got fucking gypped! Hell yeah! But he sells it in 2016, and it's sold under unnamed, um... I believe it's sold to adamantium holdings and it's a shell corporation so basically it's it's like a fake corporation it's nothing mm-hmm. and then that corporation ends up trademarking the name skinwalker ranch through justin trademarks and then in march of 2020 46 year old utah real estate tycoon brandon fugel which god fucking damn I need to get into real estate because both of these guys have made billions off Mm -hmm. of it. He announces that he's the proud new owner of Skinwalker Ranch. (gasps) Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. So he's from Utah. Yeah. Okay. He's, he comes from like a Mormon family. Okay. Is he Mm -hmm. the one in the show? Yes. So he does announce later on that he is dropping a new TV show with the History Channel's uh, The Secret of Skinwalker Ranch. And, of course, I binged that shit. So, I don't know about you, but um, after they dropped the whole mermaid video, I don't trust History Channel anymore. (laughs) I got my feelings hurt. Well, yeah. So, I mean, the mermaid thing's another topic that has different 
less. I just uh, feel like I was getting the same vibes from it. No? Yeah. I don't know. I thought it was interesting and to see different people from different backgrounds and professions coming together to either prove and or debunk these things that were going on was pretty interesting. And, you know, it's always, it's regardless, a TV show. So we don't know exactly, like, what parts are kind of scripted and what's not. Because a lot of it does seem scripted, although I don't know how much they can make up as far as the facts go. Yeah, And and a lot of it does. So just... Obviously, you watch the show, but for those who haven't, they do go into some pretty weird stuff, I guess. So they have, like, a gigatron or, like, a little radiator meter. And you have this dude, Travis Taylor, who's, like, the main doctor of the whole show. And he is a scientist, physicist, like, fucking smart-ass dude, like, cleared by the government to go and basically help them do research with the show how true everything is i don't know but, mm-hmm. but that's why i say if it's true this is crazy because the shit that goes on during the show i mean like obviously if you're interested if you're interested go watch it but they give you a yeah. lot of detail behind it they do give you some interesting theory they talk about some yeah uh some downfall an atomic bomb that had been detonated 30 miles away from Mm -hmm. where they were it gives you some really like good theories behind maybe why some radiation level was done but i do say they uh do have a really big conspiracy on why you shouldn't dig on the ranch Mm -hmm. and one of the craziest things that i thought was not only did the shermans see a ufo with light beams but one of the guys on here i guess he was hired as a ranch hand and he did not believe in the digging theory once he started digging he had actually developed a bump on the back of his head they showed x-rays they showed photos of this yeah and he like the theory originally got a bump on his head or on his neck from randomly and it was like the same symptoms of a radiation thing and so then what? the bump on his head it was like his skin was separated from his scalp and it happened oh i saw that yeah. it like spread and so the theory that they ended up concluding was that he had been hit by a beam that had been yeah. shot out from one of these ships because there were light beams in the sky there were beams yeah in the show and like they show UFOs in the show. I mean, there's a dead cow that pops up. It is a little... Mm-hmm. Mm, it's not as dramatic. Yeah, it's I mean, kind of cheesy and it's kind of It is very cheesy. Like the um, running to the dead cow. They're like... Oh, we gotta get out of here, man. It's not safe for humans. I'm like, mm, okay. I need a bit more wine to be scared, yeah. but... And that one security guard... <laughs> Carrying dragon, around, like, dragon, <laughs> dragon, dragon. <laughs> I was like, dude, that's not your real name. Please stop using that. Oh. But I mean, yeah, that's that's Skinwalker Ranch. I have not heard anything really crazy since the Shermans. Do I think it's weird that that is a little bit? Do I think that aliens could exist potentially? 
Do I think it was to the extent that was on this ranch? Mm. I, man, I love an old dude in his 80s, but some of this stuff really does make you wonder. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Tell us what you think. Yeah, tell us what you think. Check out the series and stuff on YouTube and uh, Hulu if you Hulu, are subscribed. I mean, I if you're paying Hulu. for it. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was like, I don't know if they have it on YouTube, but yeah. Go watch it on Hulu if you have it. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, follow us on Instagram. I will have my embarrassing art depiction of this. And all of the latest and greatest is updated on there as well, as long as our fucking mishaps of trying to get this podcast set up. So, thank you, Kristen. You're welcome. Woo-hoo. Cheers to not getting butt plugged by an alien. Yeah, six inch deep. No, thank you. Cheers to not living on a creepy ranch that has weird alien vibes and radiation shit going on. Because I wouldn't mind living on a ranch, but it would have to be like a non-sketchy one. So, cheers. Cheers to that. Cheers to non-sketchy vibes. And until next time, this has been Red Rum. And red wine. Bye. Bye.